Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're finishing our series. What? Yes, we are. We're finishing our series, our Freedom Series. Freedom is very close to my heart because Jesus set me free. Anyone else? Yep. So I love that. And freedom is one of the values of our church. So freedom is all about knowing the truth, but who knows that knowing something is not enough? We've got to let that truth change us. We know the truth, we let it change us, and then we live differently. We live in that truth. We allow it to change what we do, how, how we think, what we say, how we act. That's what this series has been all about. So today I'm talking about the truth that when Jesus died and rose again, he broke the power of sin in our life. He conquered sin and he conquered death and we are no longer slaves to sin or anything else that might try and exert power over us. No longer slaves. Enslavement. When we think about enslavement, we might think about slavery. We might think about slavery in the past and how people were treated so badly, and they were. We may think about William um, Wilberforce, who saw the movie. Yep. And his fight to abolish slavery. Go, William. We may think about human trafficking and how wrong it is, and it is. But did you know that, uh, that many people, many of us, even you may be here today, live life enslaved? The power of freedom rests in one word, the ability to say no. The ability to say no. Can you say no? When we cannot say no, we are enslaved to the thing that we cannot say no to. We have no choice. It calls and we have to. It calls and there we go. My husband would say that that happens with our grandson. He could be right. He could be right. It calls and we can't say no. And it becomes an addiction and controls our life. So we've got these new little things that weren't around when I was little. But many people are addicted to this thing. Have you heard that? See, there's... It's this thing, and, and inside this thing, there's a world, a whole world, a secret world, a world that we can go to that no one knows about. And some people get enslaved to this, to what's in it. And it dings, and oh, quick, who is it? And it dongs, and it buzzes, and some of you are checking your email right now. Stop! <laughs> Sending a text on Instagram, liking a few things. We were in Sydney, we were in Sydney yesterday, but we were also in Sydney a couple of months ago, and Paul and some of our kids were at the soccer, and I was with Zach, our youngest, and Hudson, our grandson, and I was trying to have a conversation with him. Yeah, Mum, right, yep. Yeah, yep, yep, good Mum. I said, Zach! I said, I'm a real person and I'm here. I mean, you don't have to be 
enslaved to bad things. You can be enslaved to good things. Anything we cannot say no to has control over us and we're not free. And we can know in theory that we are free. We can sing the song. I'm no longer a slave. But in reality, in our everyday life, we live like a slave to certain things. Romans 7 says it like this, I can anticipate the response that's coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what's best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For I know the law but still can't keep it. And the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions. I obviously need help. I realise that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Maybe you can relate to that. I can will it, but I can't do it. Enslavement. I make a decision and I try hard and it works for a while. And I have a good day or I have a good two days or I have a good week or a month, but then I go back to what I was doing and, and, or I go back to what I was looking at or, or what I was taking or how I was treating them and it's, it can be a continual cycle. Thankfully, there's an answer. The main thing Jesus came to liberate us from was sin. It was sin that separated us from God. Jesus released us from sin, but more than that, he came to empower us to live free of it. He didn't just forgive us, he came to empower us to live free of sin. Isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. You know, when, when the religious people brought the woman in John 8 with the issue of uh, with, uh, who'd been caught in adultery, he brought her. They brought her. And you may or may not know the story, but at the end of the story, Jesus said, where are your accusers? And the woman said to Jesus, well, they've all gone. And then he said, he told her that he forgave her, which is the most beautiful, beautiful thing for him to do. But the story didn't finish there. After he forgave her, he said these wonderful words to her. He said, go and sin no more. He came not just to take sin away, but to empower us so that we don't go there anymore. So that we are free from those things that want to control us, that want to call us, that want to beckon to us. We can say no. Free. Romans 8 says this, God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as some remote, something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entering the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. 
He came to set it right once and for all. That means every single person, here and out of here, Jesus came. And that, that is just the most amazing, wonderful good news. That is the gospel right there. The law code, weakened as it was, was fractured by human nature. It could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. We are declared free. Do we live it? Free from the power of sin. Free from the guilt of sin. Free from the weight of sin. Free from letting those things control us. You know, there are people here today and you are walking around and you walk around with guilt on your shoulders. God doesn't want you living like that. He does not. He wants you free. John 8 says this, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. We have been declared no longer slaves. Jesus broke the power of sin. A slave is a person who cannot say no. A slave has no choice. A slave does whatever they are told. A slave is not free to choose. Interestingly, interestingly, this passage says that a slave does not remain in the house forever. You know, over the years I have seen people come to Christ and they have walked away. And a lot of the time it's been because they have never got a hold of the freedom that Christ came, came to give them. They have, they have never fully surrendered to him and allowed him to break the power of sin in their life. They have not accessed the freedom that Christ brought for them. They blame other things and other people. But the real reason is they haven't let him in to break that thing open in them. They've kept doors open that they should have shut. They have dabbled in things they shouldn't have been dabbling in. They have remained a slave to things that he came to set them free from. And most of them will say, it's okay, I can handle this. It's okay, I've got it. God, I've got that. I don't need you as part of that part of my life. And they've walked away. We all have things. We have things that tug at us. Appetites that want us to partake of them. Or is that just me? (laughs) And scratches... That will be so tempting to itch. Itches. That will be so tempting to scratch. (laughs) Thank you. Front row's always here to help me. But you know what it's like when something itches and you just want to scratch it. Don't scratch it. I grew up with eczema, so I'm, I'm a... I know all about it. I am the queen of the scratch. (laughs) Mum used to put socks on me at night and tie shoelaces around my wrists to stop me from scratching myself. But if you stop, if you don't 
scratch it, the itch eventually goes away. But if you keep scratching it, anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's so tempting. I mean, they're attractive, those things that we get drawn to. If they weren't attractive, we wouldn't want to do them. So in my own life, so here, this was a great revelation that I got in my own life that really helped me. And it was this. When I came to the place of not wanting anything to be a barrier between God and myself, things changed for me. Now, let me try and explain it. So, Paul and I are married. You may know that. Yeah, 31 years so far. <laughs> so, there are things that I can do or maybe say that put a barrier between Paul and myself. And, and we're still married. I'm still his wife, he's still my husband, but there's a barrier. And, and you know, if, you talk to some, if you're in a relationship, it could be a friendship or a marriage, and it's really awkward because then you're sort of tiptoeing around each other and you're sort of smiling, but you know that things aren't great and you, it's just that awkward thing. Who's ever had that? Yeah. So when I got to the point in my relationship with God, but I just went, I don't want any barriers, God. I don't want anything to come between me and you. I don't want that thing. That thing is less important to me than you. It's much less important to me than, that, than just that open relationship with you. That helped me. The scripture in John says that the son remains in the house forever. Unlike the slave, the son has freedom of will. The son has freedom to choose. The son has freedom to keep choosing to stay free. The truth of Christ makes us free. So, what do we do if we're caught in a cycle? Anyone want to know? Are you interested? Yes. Yeah? Oh, good. Okay, great. So these are Pastor Phil Pringle's steps. If you're caught in a cycle, there's a few steps. The first one is you will experience what we call conviction. And when we experience conviction, we respond to it. We don't ignore it. We don't choose to close our ears. We don't add white noise to our life to drown it out because it's God's voice talking to us. And the reason that he's talking to us is he wants us free. So we respond, we embrace that thing, that conviction. But let me say this, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction always brings hope. And it doesn't make us feel like we're a hopeless person because we are not. A lot of people, Christians, walk around feeling condemned. They feel like God is judging them and being harsh on them. That's not true. That is not true. Condemnation says you're a hopeless person. You might as well just give up. That's not God. Never. So we respond to conviction. And then the second one, which people love, it's called confession. Who's loving the message today? 
glad they came to church today. We don't talk about this much, but it's a good thing to talk about. Because it's true, it's life. So confession comes, it goes against everything inside us at times. It works against our pride. It works against fear of people knowing that, you know, we're not perfect. Guess what? None of us are perfect. Join the club. Come and join the rest of us. We want to fight it, but, but it's really good for us. Confession is actually really good for us because our conscience will keep reminding us until we do something about it, unless, of course, we sear our conscience. I don't recommend that. But it's, it's good for us. So I grew up in... Um, anyway, I grew up in Hawker. That's not the point. My parents have a house in Hawker. And when you go up the stairs, you open the doors, and right there is this huge wardrobe built-in wardrobe, and of course it was a good cubby when you're little. That's what you do is you make a cubby in the wardrobe. And I went and saw, I I don't remember how old I was, seven or eight or something, and I asked mum if I could hammer some things onto the wall. And she said no, and so I did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen, children. So I walked downstairs and, who knows, I found something of Dad's. I don't even know if he had a hammer and nail, but he obviously must have. But, and so I hammered all these things into the wall. And until I... I think my mum knew anyway. I mean, mothers know, come on. Parents know these things. But until I admitted it, it was like this weight on me. It's a good... So, Zach, when he was about three... I walked over to him one day, he was standing at the front door just hanging about, and I said, Zachy, come on, honey, it's time to get dressed. And he looked at me, and I thought, what is wrong with you, child? It was around Christmas time. And I said, come on, mate, come and get dressed. And he said, did I just go into your room and look at all the Christmas presents that I'm not allowed to look at? (laughs) (laughs) Just came right out of his mouth. I didn't say a word. (laughs) Confession. Like, he felt better (laughs) just by saying it. He probably can't remember a thing of it, but he probably cannot remember. So once we bring it into the light, though, this this is the point. Once we bring it into the light, it loses its power. And it can be dealt with. And when we keep it underneath, like it's this simmering thing, and it just has all this power over us. But once we expose it, we're... It's the freedom begins. Some people treat what they need to confess as a disorder that needs healing rather than sin that needs to be confessed and repented from these days. We have to go through confession and allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. And then it has no foothold in our lives anymore. Sometimes we need to confess it to God. Sometimes he'll say, I want you to go and talk to that person. I want you to confess it to them. Leave that with God. So, conviction, confession, repentance. Repentance means we change our mind. We choose. See, freedom is the ability to choose. We choose to not think like that anymore. We decide we won't live like that anymore. We put some skin in the game. We choose differently. We forsake that 
and we move that way. You may say, I've already done it. I've already made that choice. Do it again. But it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, Mel. Do it again. Keep doing it. Keep, keep choosing, keep choosing, keep choosing. Because if we keep choosing, it's like a muscle that we have to build. We have to build that muscle, keep building that muscle, keep building that muscle until it's so strong that it happens automatically. You are stronger than you think, and the power of God in you will help you overcome. The last, and then we are cleansed. He cleanses us from sin. 1 John 1 7 says, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. We're clean. He takes away guilt, he takes away shame. He says, Not Guilty. How good is that? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter when it was. You can be free. You don't have to let guilt. You don't have to let past mistakes. You don't have to let any of that mess up your present or your future. Because with Jesus Christ, he wipes it out. He takes it away. And when we repent, the Bible says he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west. Sometimes we have to forgive others in this process. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. And the last one, you can come up, guys, is you are free. Is you, you, are, you get freedom. Romans 8 says this, but God... But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You can hardly be thinking more of yourself than him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for those of you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if this alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see? We don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. You can't do it yourself. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Every one of us, there are things to do and places to go. You don't have time. I don't have time to be a slave to something. God has so much for us to do. 
while we're here on earth. And not only that, he just loves you. He doesn't want you a slave to anything. We shall arise. Father, I pray for every person in this room today. Father, those that are sitting here carrying guilt from past mistakes, I pray your healing touch on that right now. Father, there are those that are sitting here struggling with things that they want to be free from, but they've been struggling for so long that they don't even see hope in their future that it can even change. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would come right now. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you bring hope and fresh fight in them. Lord, you fought the battle for them, and I pray that you would help them to see what you have done. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. I'd like you just to bring any, if you have anything that you need to bring to God right now, I'd love you just to do that. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.